The abortion case for Kate Cox has taken a new turn. The lengths she's going to in order to get the care she says she needs. Following our first freeze this morning in Austin, we are now tracking rain on the way in first warning weather. And the fight over funding on Capitol Hill, the rush to get U.S. allies help plus money for the border all before lawmakers head home for the holidays. Well, we have an update to the legal battle over the Texas abortion ban. Today we learned the Dallas woman at the center of a major challenge to the law has left the state to seek an abortion while her case lingers in the Texas Supreme Court. Kate Cox got clearance from a judge to end her pregnancy last week due to a fatal fetal diagnosis. But the state quickly challenged that ruling and now Cox is finding help outside of Texas. Our Ryan Chandler brings us the very latest. Just two weeks ago, Kate Cox was hoping to welcome a baby daughter into her home. Today, she's far from home, seeking an emergency end to her 20-week pregnancy. Someone's real health was at stake, and unfortunately, the, the, the courts uh, blocked the, the treatment that the doctors suggested. Last week, Cox became the first woman to get court permission for an abortion in Texas since before Roe v. Wade. But late Friday night, that permission was delayed. Attorney General Ken Paxton urged the Texas Supreme Court to intervene, arguing Cox's condition does not qualify for the medical exception. But the plaintiffs have not shown that they will suffer an immediate and irreparable injury. The only party that's going to suffer an immediate and irreparable harm in this case if the court enters a TRO is the state. Texas's abortion ban provides exceptions if a doctor, in their reasonable medical judgment, determines the pregnancy poses a risk of death or serious risk of substantial impairment of a major bodily function. Doctors agree. Miss Cox is at risk. Miscarriages later in pregnancy, uh, which is a risk that Miss Cox is definitely facing, entail higher risks and can result in many long-term permanent consequences. The Texas Supreme Court is still weighing whether to intervene in the lower court's order. For now, Cox has looked for answers elsewhere, while the meaning of Texas's medical exception remains an open question. It's important for, for everyone else to put a face and put a real person behind these tough, really tough situations. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. And the Texas Supreme Court is also expected to weigh in on a separate case they're calling Zorowski versus Texas. And in that case, women who previously faced pregnancy complications are asking the court to clarify Texas medical exceptions so that doctors have guidance on when they can intervene to treat mothers at risk. And about half of U.S. states now have laws that ban or restrict access to abortion. Now because of that, many clinics don't offer the procedure, further increasing demand for appointments at the remaining providers. At least 66 clinics in 15 states stopped providing abortions in the 100 days after Roe was overturned. That's according to an analysis last year by the Guttmacher Institute, a research group that supports abortion rights. Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains saw out-of-state patients more than double after Roe. And Planned Parenthood of the St. Louis Region's Health Center in Illinois saw a 715% increase in patients. That's according to the Associated Press. The latest Myers Abortion Appointment Availability Survey in September found that the longest wait for an appointment was in Iowa for 12 business days. Last year, the wait time was longer. It was more than two weeks. 
As families across the southeast clean up after a string of deadly storms, millions on the east coast are concerned about the next round of severe weather. Heavy rain, hail, and a string of tornadoes hit Tennessee the hardest over the weekend. That storm killed at least six people. And now in the northeast, there could be wind gusts over 60 miles an hour and flooding rains. A winter storm warning is in place for New York and Vermont. People there could see 10 to 15 inches of snow over the next 24 hours. Here at home, though, different uh, scenario, huh? Yeah, same system that brought the cold air, but now it's obviously out of our hair, right. moving out of their hair shortly as well. This system really brought some chill this morning, though. Look at this. As predicted, when the freeze warning was issued before you went to bed last night, this morning did bring Austin's first official freeze of the season about a week later in the month than when we typically see it. Bottomed out at 31 today in the city, but a record-tying 24-degree morning at the airport. That ties today's daily record from 1978 at Austin Bergstrom. Out there now, though, we've had sunshine and a south wind starting to warm us up today. 61 as the sun gets pretty low on the horizon. Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center looking lovely, always on KXAN.com. Coming up, though, starting just like that, gray skies return, and we're tracking some of the wettest weather in months. Coming up, we'll talk about the timeline of the rain, when it starts, and when it ends. All right, David, thank you very much. Conditions in Gaza are deteriorating rapidly today as the battle rages between the Israeli military and Hamas in the south of the enclave. Aid deliveries are becoming increasingly difficult. NBC News says the hospital system up in the north has collapsed. Meantime, the Israeli government has released the names of 20 hostages it says were killed or died in Hamas captivity inside the Gaza Strip. And there are 137 hostages believed to be still detained by Hamas. All of this amid a congressional fight over funding for Israel in its war against Hamas and aid to Ukraine as it quickly runs out of ammunition. The White House hoping Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's plea for assistance will help move Republicans who are demanding more border security before they'll make a deal. NBC's Alice Barr has the latest now from Washington. Mounting pressure on Capitol Hill in the final week before lawmakers are set to leave for the holidays. Negotiators scrambling for a deal on an urgent and complex national security package that ties funding for the U.S. southern border to money for Israel and Ukraine. Ukraine is running out of ammunition, and if we don't solve this in the next few weeks, Vladimir Putin is going to have an opening, an opening to march through the Ukrainian lines to make a move on Kyiv. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is back in Washington. Speaking today at the National Defense University, he made the case to keep supporting his country as part of a broader fight for freedom. I'm confident that freedom can be stronger than any of its enemies. Tomorrow, President Zelensky meets with leading members of Congress and President Biden. Republican lawmakers adamant they won't support new Ukraine aid without major changes to curb illegal border crossings. Now we're seeing 10 to 12,000 a day. As Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman said, we're basically seeing Pittsburgh show up at the border every month. In a joint statement today, two leading Latino lawmakers urging President Biden to reject, quote, Trump-era immigration policies, arguing that what they say amounts to a ban on asylum is too great a price to pay. Further complicating the negotiations, some Democratic lawmakers are calling for conditions on aid to Israel amid the spiraling humanitarian crisis. 
crisis as Israeli forces battle Hamas in southern Gaza. The World Health Organization warning Gaza's medical system is collapsing as the civilian death toll mounts. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. The latest NBC News, Des Moines Register and Mediacom poll shows former President Donald Trump expanding his lead over his GOP rivals with five weeks until the first Republican presidential nominating contest. Trump now has 51% first choice support from likely Iowa caucus goers. That is an increase from 43% in October. Trump's lead is the largest recorded this close to a competitive Republican caucus in Iowa polls history. Poll conductors say the lead is fueled by majorities of evangelical and first-time likely caucus goers, along with Republicans who believe Trump can defeat President Joe Biden, all despite the legal challenges Mr. Trump faces. More and more people are spending their free time working. The study showing employees taking second jobs just to afford life. Plus, see what languages Texans are speaking most at home, county by county. From Austin to New York, it's almost $1,000 to fly home for Christmas, which is crazy. Airline tickets selling out as Christmas nears. The work put in to make sure last year's holiday flight dilemma doesn't happen again this year. Well, we all know how expensive the holidays can be. Well, tack on inflation, increasing the cost of everything these days. The rising costs are pushing more people to take on second jobs just to afford life. This is all according to a study done by USA Today. It states roughly 5 million Americans held one full-time and one part-time job. That is an all-time high. Nearly 2 million held two part-time gigs and about 400,000 held two full-time jobs. Not only are they taking another job to fight inflation, but some are bracing for layoffs, which tend to happen more at the beginning of the year. Some are just seasonal holiday workers. And you know what's interesting? The study says remote workers are more likely to have another job due to increased flexibility, sometimes in secret. New census estimates show more and more Texans are speaking a language other than English at home. Take a look at this graph on our website right now. It shows most Texans speak English at home, but a third speak something else. Over 28% speak Spanish at home. That's about 7 million people. Just over 6% speak Asian, Pacific Islander, or Indo-European languages. And if you scroll down in the story, you can see the density of each language spoken in each Texas county. This was put together by our digital data reporter, Christopher Adams. Just search Census Bureau Estimates on KXAN.com. And as we gather for the holidays, so do the germs. The illnesses Austin pharmacists are seeing this season and how to avoid them. And today on the 11th of December, we're more than a third of the way into the month and we have yet to see any measurable rain in the city. Lake Travis falling about another inch today as the water has cooled off to 65. Your first warning forecast with rain coming is next. Nothing to Chicago? There's nothing to Chicago, New York, Nashville, you name it, everything's gone. That's a classic. <laughs> it is, yeah. We're two weeks away from Santa coming to town, and the rush is on to get those holiday flights booked. Let's hope nobody misses their flight like right. that scene in Home Alone. <laughs> Have no fear. Airlines say they're ready, despite a new report from AAA projecting an all-time record high for air travel. 115 million U.S. travelers are expected to venture 50 miles or more from home for Christmas or New Year's. So that's about 2 million above what we saw last year, and the second highest year-end travel forecast since AAA began recording it in 2000. Airports estimating over 7 million travelers taking to the skies, surpassing 2019's record booking platform. 
Hopper says airlines have put in the elbow grease to make sure you get where you need to be. Airlines have done a lot of work to rebuild their fleets and get prepared for the busy holiday week. So heading into the holidays, airlines are prepared and ready for potential delays and cancellations. Now others are more concerned about the sticker shock of the cost of a plane ticket. AAA says average plane ticket prices are actually slightly lower than last year. If you still need help to book, keep in mind the busiest days to fly are Thursday the 21st and Friday the 22nd. So leave extra time on those days. And with the holiday gatherings come the sicknesses. December marks the start of peak flu season nationwide, and some Austin pharmacists are already seeing the cases. According to the CDC, peak flu season runs through February. Last year, the Texas Department of State Health Services saw its highest flu positivity rates in early December, reaching over 24%. So far this season, the positivity climbed above 6% as of Friday. Over at Terrytown Pharmacy, pharmacists are seeing an uptick in positive cases for the flu, COVID, and even strep. There's a lot more people that are interacting with each other, which naturally leads, um, even before the pandemic, to more you know, flu and respiratory illness. And for those traveling for the holidays, experts say frequent hand washing, testing, and masking are all resources to keep people and their loved ones healthy. Our digital data reporter, Kelsey Thompson, has more on what's going around and how to avoid it over on KXAN.com. I was just telling my husband, all I want for Christmas is for the kids to stay healthy at uh. least until Christmas. <laughs> I mean, if you have little kids, you know they bring everything mm, home. Always. And it is the season, especially with mornings like we just had. Everybody oh huddling inside for warmth. Look at this. It was not only 31 in the city this morning. It was 21 in some of our coldest rural valleys and creeks. Willow Creek near Mason, the winner on the map this morning, just south of Llano, a creek valley at 22. Even in southwestern Travis County, close to Austin, Barton Creek at Highway 71, bottoming out at 24, which is also how cold the airport got this morning. The sun it's about to set, but the sunsets have started to get later just by one minute. Remember, it's been at 530 for the past couple of weeks tonight. 531, a sign of maybe winter. Uh, well, I won't say it's behind us because it's really just getting started, isn't it? Beautiful sunshine, though, today. Mold and cedar counts are low. Mold did spike a bit a couple days ago with the gusty winds. See, uh, cedar, rather. Cedar has decreased since then. Today, it was warmer out there. No more 50s like yesterday. We're in the 60s because of these warm south winds and the sunny skies. South winds blown at 5 to 10. Temperatures very comfortable because of it. 66 out in Mason, 60 right now in Austin. The winds will relax a bit, though, and lead to another chilly night, just not as cold as last night. The wind has a hand in warming us up tonight, but so do the clouds. A few high clouds start to stream in overnight, thickening up just a bit by morning. And this is actually an important note in the forecast. Tomorrow will not be as pretty of a day, and this is the trend through the week. Gray skies start to stream in in the morning, but the clouds really overspread the area by afternoon. It will be mostly cloudy tomorrow, but dry. That won't last for long, though. The clouds lower and thicken, and starting early Wednesday, a few light rain showers return to the forecast ahead of the next storm coming our way, which could be a big, impactful one for us. Let me show you where that is. Your first look at it here in the Pacific Northwest, spinning right over Portland, Oregon tonight. Projecting this forward, it dives quickly southeastward into the four corners with rain and mountain snow blossoming to our northwest a couple days from right now. I mentioned a slight chance of showers here on Wednesday. Same thing on Thursday, as most of the precipitation is still to our northwest. But let me show you Friday, because this could disrupt your travel plans if you're going elsewhere in the state and sure cause a rush hour headache here at home. 
Friday morning. Rain approaching the hill country from the northwest. Widespread rain and thunderstorms likely from mid-morning through midday, maybe even into Friday afternoon and early evening. Stay posted with us for timing. If you want to check back the next couple days, it is only Monday and we're looking toward hourly details for Friday. Nevertheless, what we expect right now, the rain to exit the area late Friday evening, hopefully clearing the way for dry but colder and windy weather this weekend. Here's the best news. We've been talking a lot about a wet El Nino winter, which is projected for the next few months. We haven't gotten any rain so far all of December, but this is going to look more like El Nino later this week. One to three inches of rain expected. That would be the heaviest one day rainfall total that we've seen since October. Tonight, not as cold, but it will be chilly. 38 degrees with a few high clouds and a light southeast wind. A few of the coldest rural locations will drop to freezing, so get ready for that. Tomorrow, clouds increase, but so did the southeast winds. This means that temperatures may actually be a little bit warmer tomorrow, even with gray skies at 67. Overnight lows get a lot warmer. No more freezing cold threats in the city going forward. Only a 20% chance of a shower Wednesday and Thursday, but a near guarantee of some chilly rain at times on Friday. We have dropped your rain chances almost down to zero this weekend. Windy, colder weather behind that Friday rainmaker. Low temperatures early next week as the sun comes back out down to the 30s. A special counsel asked the Supreme Court to grant former President Trump immunity for seeking to overturn the election. How will it impact his presidential race? Right now, our reporting on a fraud scheme involving counterfeiters tampering with life-saving medicines, and you won't believe who's sometimes in on it. And in Israel, a freed hostage talks to us exclusively about the dismal condition she was kept in on Nightly News. Detroit police say a person of interest is now in custody in connection to the killing of a synagogue leader. Samantha Wool was found stabbed to death outside of her home in October. Authorities believe Wool was attacked inside her home and then stumbled outside after the stabbing. They also said there were no signs of forced entry at her home. Her murder happened near the onset of the Israel-Hamas war, sparking concerns that it was motivated by hate. However, police say there is no evidence to support that. This person of interest is the second person police have taken into custody in this case. The first was released last month with no charges. Special counsel Jack Smith asked the Supreme Court today to decide whether former President Trump has immunity from prosecution for his actions when seeking to overturn the 2020 election. Smith says it's of imperative public importance. Mr. Trump's trial is scheduled for March. On December 7th, the U.S. District Court judge presiding over the election interference case denied Trump's motion to dismiss his indictment on presidential immunity and constitutional grounds prompting the former president to appeal and ask for the case to be put on hold. In order to prevent a delay, Smith is seeking to circumvent the appeals process by asking the Supreme Court to take up the case. And this all comes as Mr. Trump says he will not testify anymore in his civil fraud trial, which resumes tomorrow. Trump posted on his social media platform, Truth Social, that he had already testified to everything and has nothing more to say. Also, calling the trial a witch hunt. And the House is expected to vote Wednesday to formalize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Two sources today confirmed the timeline to NBC News. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy declared the impeachment inquiry on September 27th, but subpoenas for the inquiry will carry more legal weights if the inquiry is approved by the full House. The White House has rebuked House Republicans for continuing to pursue the impeachment inquiry, insisting that Republicans have yet to uncover any evidence of any kind of wrongdoing. 
Well, here's what's ahead tonight on KXAN. We have the voice for you at 7 for the live semifinal performances. That's followed by Barry Manilow's A Very Barry Christmas at mm -hmm. 9 o'clock. And then we're back with more news at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. And here's where to find us.